spiritual writers who take their cue from the liturgy, particularly the lectionary, in preachers like myself and others who offer reflections during the liturgical year, often pick on an image that helps to give a context, if you like, for the liturgical season. And so, for example, during Advent, you often hear preachers and read in writings about pregnancy as an image of the anticipation, the waiting for the birth of Jesus Christ. And during the season of Lent, we often take the image of journey, of uh, travel, of pilgrimage. And we talk about the journey of the season of Lent, echoing, of course, the earthly journey of Jesus Christ as he makes his way into Jerusalem and to his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And so that journey of Christ then echoes and, and dialogues with our own spiritual journey as we, each year, unfold and shape our spiritual life in the 40 days of the season of Lent. And we, we find ourselves connecting with not only Jesus' journey, but with the places of his journey, what might be called the sort of Mediterranean geography of the Lenten lectionary, beginning in the desert, moving to the mountain of transfiguration, and on last week, stopping with Jesus in the courtyard of the temple, with the physical structure as a kind of backdrop for his insight into his self as a temple, as the new temple, the new dwelling place for the love and the mercy of God. And so these parts of the Mediterranean geography are not sort of home to us here in our place. Because we have our own places, and at the same time, we understand that those are places that are critical as they were for Jesus in our ministry and in our mission as those who walk with the Lord. Our spiritual life unfolds in many different places. Like Jesus, we're not, not so much a sedentary people. We tend to move around, not that we change our home address a lot, but we tend to interact with spaces and places and people on a pretty regular basis. And so we walk and encounter the shadow and the light of Christ in all of those places. And at this time of the year, we are particularly conscious, I think, um, last night, sometime in the middle of the night, we lost an hour of light and, and life, at least I did. And, and you never get it back. You, know, you wait till the fall, and by then you've forgotten all about it. But we were, we were conscious that at this time of the year, there's the beginnings of life and light around us in nature itself. 
we begin to see that the deadness of winter is getting pushed out of the way and the earth is thinking about releasing new life that will come to us in bloom and in bud. And these changes in nature and this time in our Lenten journey reminds us that it's possible once again for a spiritual reawakening in our own life and new attitudes and choices that were just sort of buds that we planted at the beginning of Lent and said, by the end of Lent, I will have blossomed into the most amazing person that I have ever seen or known. Well, sometimes blossoming takes time. Uh, but we are in the middle of Lent, and so some of that time is beginning to run out. But in today's scripture, we have that same kind of resonance about darkness and light. And we know that we often speak of the comfort and the security that darkness gives us. For many, many people cannot even think about sleeping unless there's complete darkness. And that's comforting, and it is, there's a feeling of being secure. But we also use the, the cover of darkness, as Jesus refers to in today's scripture, to hide those things and those decisions that we say they should never see the light of day. Because we are embarrassed, we are ashamed, we feel guilty about that which sometimes happens under the cover of darkness. But the scriptures and the teachings of Christ call those, call us out of those images and those places of darkness into light. Sin gives way to mercy, exile to freedom, and death to life. These images are embedded in today's scripture. And it's as though Jesus' journey and our journey pauses on this fourth Sunday of our Lenten journey as Jesus talks to Nicodemus, who the scriptures tell us, although it wasn't in the, in the text that was read, that Nicodemus came to him in the night, came to speak to Jesus about his teachings, about his mission. And Jesus responds to him by telling Nicodemus, what we all know, that we can hide in the darkness, but if we accept the truth of God's love, we move toward the light. The Hebrew people found themselves in our first reading in the Babylonian captivity, where they remained for 70 years. And during that time, they became unfaithful to the covenant. They became discouraged and disheartened by what had happened to them. And God heard their cry and their plea and chose the king of Persia, a most unlikely leader, to move in to take over the kingdoms at that time and to give promise back to the people of God, to the people of Israel, and told them that they would return to their own land. They would return to build, and he would, he would build for them a house of God, a dwelling, a new temple for them, which would be for them a sign of life and freedom 
the astonishing truth in Jesus' teaching to Nicodemus, in the prophet speaking of the king of Persia, the astonishing truth here is the unbounded mercy of God could come to the people of God through the king of Persia and would come again generations later to the people of God through Jesus Christ. As the Israelites would be a prodigal people coming home, so Jesus would teach about the prodigal son coming home. As the people of God in their dispossession, in their darkness of life, would inherit freedom and home, so the people that Jesus speaks to would be free of their illness, their sinfulness, their paralysis, and they would find home again in the freedom of their body and of their spirit. Those who lament would rejoice. The contrite would be embraced and forgiven. So my friends, this tells us at this point in our Lenten journey that there is nothing dead that God cannot redeem. There is no brokenness that God cannot raise up. As Moses raised up the bronze serpent as a sign of life, and as Jesus was raised up on the cross and raised from the tomb as the gift of life itself, so are we to be raised up into the newness of life, just as surely as winter turns to spring. There is no sin that can escape the unconditional light of God's mercy. No darkness that God's love cannot penetrate and push back. And so we become the bearers of a new spring. We become the sacraments of mercy for a waiting world.